Hello, thank you for downloading this episode of Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher with the comedian Peter Brush, that's me, and my yoga teacher, Kayleigh McCormack, who you'll be hearing in a mere matter of seconds when I've stopped rambling. Uh, this is about my eighth take of doing the introduction because I always mess up somewhere and say something stupid and then think it sounds bad and I'm starting to slip into that territory again. Basically, if you've not heard this before, this is a podcast where I have a hot drink and she has a hot drink and we chat and there's usually something yoga related in it but it's hopefully accessible enough for people that don't do it anyway for the bulk of this week's episode we talk about alternate nostril breathing and what that is and why that helps but there's also a lot of other stuff in there about patenting yoga styles and spacemen so you know you're allowed to look forward to hopefully anyway thank you and hope you enjoy the show you heard of the humane mouse traps? where they catch the mouse but they don't die because it right. catches it in a thing and then you've yeah. got to go miles away release to release it but you have to go like yeah. over a certain threshold of a couple of miles because the mouse always finds its way back if it's within like a couple of miles oh is it okay so what i think it'd be quite fun is if you took it just under the threshold of the distance right mm-hmm. and then you release the mouse and then you raced it home <laughs> <laughs> Noel Gallagher's the first person I ever wanted to be, I think. Oh, that's great. Because I loved Oasis, but I liked him because he was like, the. I knew he was kind of like the driving force creatively and so I sort of kind of maybe very egotistically wanted to be my own driving creative force for something, whatever I was going to end up doing. Which is not a band, obviously, in the end, but like, yeah. it's now yeah. just me standing in front of drunk people trying to get them to respect me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what that turned into, but... Did you want to be anybody when you were a kid? No, not really. I remember thinking when I was in my early teens, I really wanted to go to university. Not for the not for the drinking and, and the partying, not that side of university, but like the academic world really appealed to me. Like when you see it in like, I don't know, when you see it in like films that happen to have magic in them or something and then they're like, ooh, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it's, you know, this, this is going on, but then this is happening. But like the whole, the whole academic world always looked really interesting. And you, well, you did go to university in the end. I go every Monday. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. You teach there. Right? <laughs> I'm always really nervous doing student gigs and stuff now because, I mean, firstly, any time I perform in front of students, I feel older and older. I know. I feel so old. <laughs> I, I always thought it was going to be cool, and I mean, maybe it's still cool. I don't know. If, maybe it never was cool. I don't know. I'm always having arguments about what constitutes being cool. I think I'm cool in the definition that I would give of being cool. Yeah. But maybe yeah, yeah. not what the universal definition of being cool is. I don't know. So yeah, I'm not yeah. asking your opinion. You don't have to tell me if you think <laughs> I'm, I'm cool or not. But, you know, you don't have to. I'm not even forced. I'm not twisting your arm or anything. You don't have to. <laughs> just don't have to respond to that. You can if you want, but you don't. Anyways. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. Well... I'm just waiting to see how long you'll go if I stay quiet. I'm not bothered. I'm not even bothered. You, you might not even know. Your opinion on what's cool might not be valid anyway. Well, I mean, I've got a 2000 Southern American opinion on what's cool, so... What, like skater people and like from... Yeah, probably, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, I can't think of a, a band. Baggy Shorts. Smash Mouth or something. Maybe. <laughs> so. They were a little bit old, but yeah, maybe Smash Mouth. Maybe. All right. <laughs>
Anyway, what did you want to talk about today that would be of any use to our podcast? Oh, yeah, remember. <laughs> remember that thing we used to do? Yeah, I st- it's kind of liberating <laughs> to have like loads of weeks off, though, isn't it? It was quite nice. Yeah. I do like talking to it and everything, but it's like... Oh, I've realised this week, or yesterday or today, how I missed a trick. I'm doing all the niyamas in my focus classes and I should have posted the links in with the podcast from last time because we covered that. Was it last year around this time? You could still do that for the last couple of ones. Yeah, I could do. Remind you what yeah. n- what numbers they are because they weren't all in order. Yeah, but they've got the names, haven't they? Yeah, stupid names. I hate coming up with titles. I think it's like... <laughs> oh, well, you're better, you're better than me. Terrible. <laughs> I was questioning it. I don't even know if the title of the podcast is any good, really. Every time I do the introduction, I have to say the whole thing, I think, because it's such a long title. Like, mm. I say it and I think, this is good. if it was just like a jabberings or something like that and I could just say yeah. oh I to jabberings I wouldn't even think about it because I'm saying something with about 18 syllables I'm thinking is this a good <laughs> name for I don't know yeah. I haven't looked at any of the because I don't even look at the listening numbers anymore I know I stopped getting charts because it's like <laughs> looking at your bank account it's always lower than you <laughs> <laughs> so what I do when I, when I put a new episode up when I get the podcasting hosting app up I take my glasses off to do it so that I don't see the number of downloads because I don't want to know. So, <laughs> so there's okay. me like there squinting. Sort of, oh, God. Anyway, did we, did we say we wanted to talk about hand mudras? Hand witches? Hand mudras. Oh, right. <laughs> you were saying like sandwiches, but hand witches. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you never had a hand witch? <laughs> Traditional British hand witch. Oh, dear. Because mudras, you said you want to do more research about so what about alternate nostril breathing yeah yeah so you, you mentioned so what what were you thinking about and what's your obviously suppose you don't know what that is is what you just put like your thumb over one nostril and sometimes breathing through one and out the other and sometimes breathing through one and back out the same one or so alternate would definitely be one in and out the other oh just so... just try and explain to me what the logic is between like, is there some magical, like, if you do it out of one nostril, it, it theoretically connects to one part of the brain? Or, yeah, of course. Or yeah, something. Yeah. So, and then, so we... just go through the whole, like, what the logic is between breathing through different parts of your nose and what yeah. the hell that's all about. So your brain, one half of your body is controlled by the opposite half of the brain. So, like, your right nostril is controlled by the left side of the brain. And then your left side of your brain also controls your sympathetic nervous system. So that your right nostril would be, um, you might think about it as being like an active mindset. So like being alert and awake and things like that. Whereas your left nostril, which is controlled by the right side of the brain, and the right side of the brain also controls your parasympathetic nervous system. So your rest and digest system, trying to be more relaxed and chilled. So there is a little bit of idea that you can bring about a little bit more balance by breathing in and out consciously through both because your body uh, chooses a dominant nostril every like four to five hours or something i mean obviously this will you might not be noticeable might be very noticeable but like if you breathe in and out through just your nose you might think like oh i can breathe easier through this side and then maybe a few hours later it might change or it might stay the same it's like a shift shift work is it so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but your body actually does that so like the 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 nose actually will swell slightly or vice you might think of it the other way around but you know one side will be more constricted than the other and 
your body chooses that, which nostril is the dominant nostril for a few hours or whatever. So by taking that alternate nostril breathing or by taking one side, you can theoretically kind of connect with changing that. So you're making that choice to activate maybe a certain hemisphere of your brain or to maybe get the mind into the mindset of uh, rest and digest or something. So after our, like a strong vinyasa class, a few times that we've done it after that, when we're laying down before Shavasana, I might say to just cover your right nostril and breathe in through the left continuously. So in and out through your left nostril. And then the idea with that is that that activates your parasympathetic nervous system and tries to slow you down a little bit so you can chill. But admittedly, you know, this isn't, even though some of that is known by science, saying that plugging your right nostril and breathing in through your left is definitely going to activate your parasympathetic nervous system is a little bit iffy. <laughs> like, I don't think every doctor in the world is going to go, oh, yes, wonderful. <laughs> you know, it's not something that's like set in stone. It's just kind of like, we know that that's there. And maybe, you know, when you're doing any sort of study, especially about this kind of stuff, it's really hard to take out other things that could be causing that. So you breathe in and out through your left nostril to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. But is that working because we told you that's going to calm you down? And is it a little bit of like, you just told yourself, oh, this yeah. calms me down, so I'm going to do this. And then... Because well, would, it, would it not work with the other nostril anyway, to some extent, if you were just taking deep breaths? Anyway, would you not calm down if you use the other side? as well. well well that's what i mean like i mean the theory would be that no that would, no you wouldn't necessarily calm down you would be more alert but it depends on what you mean by calm obviously it so. sounds like fine-tuning yourself what, <laughs> like doing one and then all the other to try and get you know it's like trying to get the right level of seasoning or something you know? <laughs> or like mm. when you're tuning an instrument oh oh i need a little bit more right <laughs> oh left <laughs> Yeah, so it's like yeah. if you're in like an anxious situation, you couldn't just like smack, like if you're in a queue for the doctors or something. To be honest, if you are really anxious, I would say take a different breath. I, w- I would say to breathe in and then breathe out slower than you breathe in or longer than you breathe in. That that would be your best your best bet if you're feeling pretty like nervous about something because that mm. does activate your parasympathetic nervous system because your breath is one of the main bridges that can actually connect you to those automatic nervous system responses because your breath changes depending on how you feel so if you are anxious your breath will change if you're you know worried or scared your breath will change you know like the idea of like holding your breath if you think you know you know you're really scared or that shock or stuff like that so you can consciously try to come out of that feeling by taking some breaths that would counter that so you know saying like i'm not scared and taking really big deep slow breaths if you imagine it like um if you were if you were hiding from a predator or something like that in a bush or whatever in your living room or however you want to think about it you know like as a lion in your living room and he hasn't spotted you yet <laughs> you know oh there's a lion there but he didn't notice me he didn't notice me what would you do well you'd instantly hold your breath wouldn't you because you'd be so scared you don't want to draw any attention to yourself oh i'd have a go at him <laughs> well maybe so, maybe what you'd the fight. hell are you doing in my house <laughs> right. But there's that idea that if if you feel a little bit frightened, maybe from a bad dream or something intangible, you know, something that's not actually real, um, you might take some big deep breaths to try and get rid of that that fear because you know there's no need to hold on to that or something. You don't need to hold your breath and stuff. But there is that connection there. So that's hopefully the idea between in general between any breath work. But um, with the alternate nostril breathing, I, I quite I quite like that. I feel like that really has a place. And at the very least, when I do the alternate nostril breathing. 
I feel like both my nostrils open up mm. so I can breathe through them both nearly equally. And I don't know if that's just me or... But sometimes it's just you put your thumb over one and then you breathe in and then you close the open nostril and open the one that wasn't, and then yeah. you breathe out and then you breathe in through that one and then close it and then go out the other. So mm. what's the it, what's the logic of that? Because that's using both. So you don't get my sort of like perk you up from one side to calm you down the other well, side. Well, you always, sort of you always analogy, have but... at least one more or two more on one side, wouldn't you? Because the nostril that you start, you breathe in through the left, right. hold them both closed, so you have that pause in the breath, and then you exhale through the right, then you inhale through the right, hold them both closed, and then exhale left. So in yeah. the end, you breathe. And that's breathe, one cycle. And that's it? one cycle. So you always finish on the side that you want to activate. So if you had a oh, busy right. class and you want to finish calming down, you breathe out through the left. And if you want to, if you had a really relaxing class, but, you know, it's kind of the middle of the day, so you want to perk up, you might finish on the right side. Uh, okay, so there's logic to the, when when you tell us to do it, there's logic as to which side you're telling us to finish mm. up on there. And so, oh, that's yeah. interesting because, again, I suppose it goes back to something you said ages ago about, like, people just thinking that they can teach yoga because they're copying what they've done before. So you couldn't just say, oh, let's just do some alternate nostrils. Have you actually got some thought into what yeah. nostril you're starting with? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like everyone kind of grows and expands their knowledge. And I would be silly to say that I'm not going to continue doing that. Like I've got yeah. two tabs on my web browser at the moment for courses that I want to buy. <laughs> so obviously I'm always going to continue to grow and learn and everybody will. I'm not saying, you, saying that you're complacent. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that like that, that can make the difference between what comes across as a good yoga teacher and what might come across as a, a new yoga teacher or maybe someone who doesn't seem quite experienced and you might not be able to put your finger on it but it's just not quite mm. the same and it can be stuff like that like they've not necessarily delved into the depths of what this is actually doing and what does it mean is this the right place to put it into the class do they not teach that in training though? well they can't teach everything in 200 hours so we covered alternate nostril breathing in my teacher training but that is um not every not every teacher training will cover that particular pranayama. They might cover a completely different one. That's the only pranayama we covered in my teacher training. They covered a little bit in terms of like the phrasing and stuff, but they didn't delve into them. They just kind of mentioned them. And like, you know, Kapal Parti, the fast exhalations, we didn't really cover that in my teacher training. So it's up to you to continue learning. And, and when you find something, that's why it's important for yoga teachers to do yoga, not just teach it. So because you'll come across the odd thing that you think, oh, you know, I've not heard that or I've not seen that. I want to look into that. And then you'll look into it and you either decide that you like it and you want to you want to add it to your classes and stuff, or you might look into it and think, oh actually that's that's not what I thought it was or that's not that's not for me. I don't that doesn't sit right with me or something like that. So wow, two hundred hours and it still can't cover everything. Oh it can't cover everything that we learned in five thousand years. How is that possible? Yeah, but not <laughs> five thousand years are just repeating a lot of stuff, aren't they? It's not like does the yoga encyclopedia get genuinely added to every year like with new... no not 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 that much there are a lot of new poses but i think a lot of the new newer poses are more like maybe added in for for modern life you know like either they're easier or they're adaptations or they're fun like that or they've taken a little bit from dance do people uh patent new poses do they no but you can find patents for styles yeah, right, okay. like rocket yoga i think that's a patent Though I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> so does that mean if you teach it, you have to pay? Oh, you have to be rocket yoga trained usually. Oh, so right, usually okay. it ends up being like a one-off fee rather than an actual like 
this is how much is you know you pay monthly or something it's not like that what is rocket yoga oh it's like a power yoga so like really fast like maybe harder than vinyasa i would say probably a lot harder if you if you get to the right and it's more distinctive as a style for it to have its own pattern i think rocket yoga has a lot of upside downness in it like forearm stands and head balances and handstands so like in the middle of vinyasa you might just be like right now pop up into a handstand bam and then it's like it's a bit crazy it's rocket yoga I could be wrong with that as well, though, but I'm pretty sure that it's pretty. No, I haven't. No, no. The only rocket yoga teachers around here are in London, so. Oh, it would be in bloody London, wouldn't Everything's it? Everything's yeah. in London, so. <laughs> Forest yoga is another one. I've heard of that. I got recommended that to me when I was interested in styling mm. because I got told there would be more blokes there. That's what I got told. Mm, there are more blokes. I wonder why that is. <laughs> I mean, not yeah. that that bothers me because I'm very comfortable being around whoever really but it's not like i'm not yeah like if anything i well i'd rather nobody be there but but forest sounds a little bit mystical to me no it's the exact opposite of that no her last name is forest oh right it's named after a woman and her last name in a forest She, she honestly one of the people that i did my yoga teacher training with his wife did forest yoga teacher training and he says the training is meant to break you like it is so emotionally draining and hard and it just like asks you all the big questions and pushes you and like when you when you say like oh no i don't feel comfortable with that and people are pretty accepting of that like in a situation it might just be like why not why don't you you know like really it sounds to me like to be really not my cup of tea but a class style not a teacher training <laughs> as a class style is quite good it, it every class includes a fear based pose so everything, so something to, to break your fear. So whether that's a handstand against a wall or a headstand or something like that, something that you might be a little bit nervous or afraid to do, every class will usually include something like that so that you kind of push yourself. Like doing a pose next to a spider or something. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it sounds like that, that they should have like a forest yoga teacher training sort of film inspired by full metal jacket or something where they just like <laughs> one of the yoga teachers breaks and uh i don't know if you've have you seen full metal jacket i don't think i have obviously i've heard of it but i'm not i think it's a great film but it's, yeah. uh, you know the basic what i mean from? there it's, well, it's set in vietnam but it's from 87 i think 87 that was before i was born <laughs> no not long before you well, yeah long but i'm not gonna watch a full metal jacket when i'm two years old am i <laughs> Oh, of course you're not, but have you never seen a film that's come that was made before you I were born? To be honest, I think what it is is I'm not a massive fan of war films. Okay, I don't think I, I haven't seen Pearl Harbor either. That was really big when that came. Yeah, out. but that looks that looks shit. That, Does it? Um, have you not seen yeah, it? Yeah, it looks really. They were I trying to make it was a, really good. No, they didn't. Like <laughs> that. They tried to make some sort of. It's like it's basically an attempt at making Titanic, but like with another disaster. Right. Know, basically. Okay. It's like. No, people don't. It's not acclaimed at all. I don't oh, know what okay. You... Well, maybe it's just an American thing then. Got to give it more taste over here. Yeah, so I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's a massive hit, both sides of the yeah. Atlantic. But I really do, honestly. When when they show the themes for the war films, I'm not saying that there isn't a place for them and that they don't have like I don't know, like not storylines, but you know what I mean. Like you know, they might they might be very deep and stuff, but it, it just really doesn't. That's not the kind of thing that I think. Oh yeah, I want to see that. There's a Frankie Boyle joke where he says the worst thing about American wars is that 
not only do they have a war and destroy a country, but then what they'll do, 20 years later, they'll go back and make a film there about how it made all their soldiers feel sad. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so sorry, that went wildly off topic there. Yeah, I don't know how we got... Forest yoga, forest yoga, four metal jacket. Well, the four metal jacket is two halves of the film. The first half of the film is in the boot camp where they're like breaking them, making them killers and Mm. stuff. But then one of them like freaks out and ends up like, um, I can't remember if he kills everybody, but it's the drill sergeant Uh, or something. Right, okay. And uh, and then the second half is just they're in, they do a bit of combat stuff and there's like, the the second half is all right, but the first half is what makes it a great film, in my my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's all opinions. It's yeah. all opinions. You know, some people think Pearl Harbor might be good, but you know, <laughs> it's just like, who am I to say, really? But if you come up with a new yoga style or you new yoga pose or something, I'm just wondering how you develop it or something. Do you just like come up with it in the bath, like the Eureka moment? Or Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it's most likely going to happen on the mat. I would have thought, <laughs> rather than in a bathtub. But maybe if you eureka moment is water yoga. Is that been patented? Is there? A, yeah, I have no it? idea. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, patent the water yoga. Could you do? Um, could you yoga underwater? Maybe? Well, I wouldn't be trying to do like I don't know a pigeon pose in the bottom of a pool, but uh... <laughs> you couldn't do um, too many breathing exercises, could you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, there is like sup yoga where you balance on those big boards in water and try and do yoga on water. There's an area where it slides into gimmick rather than being genuinely beneficial for your health, isn't there? I mean, oh yes, definitely, definitely. And maybe maybe it's partly fun as well. You know, like I imagine being doing like sup yoga would be quite fun, where you're like on a board and you're trying to balance and you're paddling out, and it's like basically you're swimming, and then someone's trying to tell you to do yoga poses, and you're with other people and be quite funny i would imagine you fall a lot so <laughs> is that what your hindu was <laughs> <laughs> oh dear no i had a bridal show oh yeah because well, because <laughs> it's more dignified <laughs> you don't fancy your patenting patenting your own yoga style then are you secretly working on your own yeah i'm secretly working on kayla yoga no <laughs> That's exactly what someone that was working on it would say to throw me off. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think, like, I think as a yoga teacher, unless you want to pattern, like, like an actual studio and maybe make it into a bit of a franchise of studios, which isn't too... You can keep it small franchise and still be a franchise. You know what I mean? Like, unless you want to Mm. go down some route like that. I do think, like, for the most part, as an individual teacher, you just want to work on what your what you like so you're in a sense you build your brand maybe i should maybe i should uh go to more yoga teachers and uh see what the difference is now <laughs> well you could uh... do we could we could we could <laughs> sneakily find some teachers and go together and then afterwards we can uh, talk right, about them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not very nice i don't mean that sounds like espionage i know <laughs> Should we talk about them on here and how crap they were? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful? <laughs> yeah, it would be. It? But, uh, but um, well, we can do that with comedians if you want. We'll go watch the oh, show okay, and then okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how why they were really hack and boring yeah, and why, yeah, yeah. even though the audience loved them, why everything they do <laughs> is a cheat. <laughs> you know? 
Uh, well, when, um, part of your teacher training as a, as a yoga teacher, you do have to attend multiple classes and try to find different styles and stuff. Do they know you're doing it or you just like... Well, these days people ask to be observers, but when we did it, we were told to just attend the class and then it's kind of your choice if you want to tell them you're in training or not. That's like, it's a personal thing. It doesn't really matter. But like... Nowadays, a lot of students actually, I've had people contact me and say, oh, can I observe when you're in class? And when they say that, they, they literally mean to watch. They don't, they're going to take notes and write and, and watch. They're not actually going to participate. And I find that a little bit odd. I've never had that. I've never had anyone do that in person. Thank goodness. I don't think I, I don't think I could do it. I think I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> they, were just, they were just in a Zoom call or something. Yeah, yeah. They've just, they've just had a couple of recordings or went or attended a class in Zoom. So it's not it's not as weird because it's like well I can't see you anyway. So. It's weird for everybody else in the class as well to have someone taking Exa- notes yeah. at the same time. It's like having an Ofsted inspection or something. Yeah, so you would you as a teacher you would have to tell them that that person is a tra- in training and is just going to observe me, not you guys, <laughs> or something <laughs> right. like that. You'd have to. Make so we're sure going to be professional. We're going to actually do the class properly this, yeah, this week. Yeah. That's you. Uh, <laughs> we had once. Um, I mean, this is the joys you miss out of being homeschooled and stuff. But yeah. we used, to, you'd have supply teachers, obviously, sometimes yeah. when a teacher was off. Sadly, I missed this particular class because I was in, um, I don't know what happened, what I was doing. But anyway, a geography teacher was off once yeah. and got replaced by some substitute teacher that must have been quite a young man or something. Yeah. And he ended up, he ended up not teaching anything that he would have been designated to teach the class at all. And then just, just taught them kung fu moves for the whole hour. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And when our teacher came back, I was there for that. He was f- absolutely fuming. So like, who did what? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, but when we used to have Ofsted inspections and stuff, it was just uh, stupid. Like we'd have teachers that we would. I mean, I wasn't a big misbehaviour. Mm. I was a bit. I was cheeky because it wouldn't be funny, but it wouldn't be like horrible or anything. Yeah, and I'm sure it wasn't always appreciated. But anyway. Some some classes you would just be an absolutely just a shit show because the teacher had no authority or anything. And then when the inspectors came in, it's just like a completely different. You could actually end up behaving for that one class because you knew that if you didn't, then there would be more repercussions for you. And stuff. Right. But it's just like the fact that someone was observing it just completely changed the dynamic of what normally it would have been like it affects the way you behave it affects the way that they almost need to get like some sort of spy in to observe the classes rather than an actual observer dressed up as a child (laughs) (laughs) so exchange student that happens to be 30 something (laughs) like the what's that one was is it steve buscemi when he dresses like that meme that's going around yeah that one (laughs) it's like that (laughs) hello fellow children so anything else about breathing, nostril stuff or anything? I mean, that didn't seem like there was loads to say on that. I thought it was going to be like this whole sort of... I think we um, covered it, didn't we? Right, if yeah. you say so. I mean, I've got nothing to add to it because I don't know anything. So, <laughs> I mean, I could just give a reference and sort of say that I seem to think like it does something. Yeah. Like I, 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 For some reason, I quite enjoy doing it, but I don't know whether that's because there's, there's like a novelty to it the first time I did yeah. it. I thought it was like... Well, so it's a bit like, oh, this sounds ridiculous, but it's a little bit like playing an instrument, mm. anyway, isn't it? Like, you know, you, you practice all your fingering on an instrument. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, it takes me back to trumpet lessons when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, trumpet nose. lessons. Yeah. <laughs> I used to play the trumpet. Well, I say I used to play the trumpet, I used to play the cornet, which is a small version of a trumpet. Oh. 
Was that because you were small? Do small people play small versions of trumpets when they're small? Like when you're a kid, do you play a cornet and you get older, you upgrade yeah, to the trumpet? Yeah, I couldn't lift, I couldn't lift up the yeah. trumpet, okay. obviously. And I can't remember because the school did have a brass band, but I can't remember what the other instruments were. Like I don't remember anyone else playing like a trombone or anything. Maybe there were trumpets and cornets. Mm. A machine that makes slightly different noises. I wish I'd kept that up in some ways, but it's very difficult to tell. Well, I think the child to be honest, I think it, it needs to be the parents. But then, if you're not that way inclined as a parent, you won't. So, because yeah. like my parents, I think I had like a very small number of piano lessons at one point in my life, and I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't mind the music, but I didn't like the learning. <laughs> I was quite young, but like, you know, when you're just like, nah, I can't be bothered. And they're like, oh, practice, practice. And it's like, oh, the same song over and over and over again. And, well, that's and what you've got. If you, I mean, if you really want to be good at something, I know, but like, you've got to do as it, a but... nine-year-old, no course, nine-year-old yeah. is going to want to do that. So you either have to push it a little bit. So like, yeah, you do your math homework and you practice your piano and then you can play or you don't. And if you're the kind of parent who doesn't, then you probably won't learn an instrument. And then you'll have to try and learn it when you're older, which is harder. And obviously a bit makes you feel like crap because you're like, why am I so crap? <laughs> why can't I play the guitar? Why won't my fingers move? <laughs> yeah, and you've been like, you're like a 35-year-old man trying to play some some stupid nursery rhyme on the piano and, like getting <laughs> exactly. and you just feel a little bit silly yeah. yeah yeah but i'm not saying that all parents have to be forceful like that i just mean like i think that really to be really good at playing you have to have played for like since you were a child really and it is hard being a kid to want to do that mm. i think it's not yeah. something that you want to do as a kid you yeah. can't have future you come back and say, oh, you really should be, because uh, you'll appreciate being able to do it when you're yeah. an adult. But Honestly, I would put it in line with like doing your homework, any homework. Nobody wants to do it. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a few prodigies out there, obviously, but most people will, will just be like... I suppose if you, if you did it and found that everyone loves you doing it, and then you'd be more incentivized to continue, I suppose, wouldn't you? But... Maybe. Maybe. If everyone was like, oh, you're the best one, you keep winning prizes for being the best trumpeteer. Is that a way to, like, pretend? Like, what if you just, like, told your child they were really good when actually they were crap and you kept giving them prizes well, to keep them, do. Keep uh, them playing? That's what parents do these days. They make their kids feel too special. That's, what, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No one's special. That's my opinion. I I'm mean, special. Yeah. <laughs> well... It's all relative, isn't it? Mm. I mean, <laughs> you might be special compared to other people, but not in the, in the grand scheme of in the grand scheme of things. I don't know. I almost feel like uh, I don't know. Well, I think like I think there's a you know that I the idea that we you know, when we were growing up, like you can like you're saying you can be anything you want to be, you can do anything you want to do, and maybe that stemmed from the idea of like less segregation and more equal rights for women and you know things like that but all it yeah. comes across as is when you're a kid is you can do anything so when you grow yeah. up and you can't do anything it gets it's a little bit like what you told me i could do anything <laughs> i mean like try to be an astronaut it's re actually yeah. really difficult to get into astronaut training and it's really difficult to actually go into space and like sure you can try but that's not gonna mean that you actually get anywhere and you'll probably just spend 10 years mm. under the water in was it in florida where they've got that because they've got an exact copy of the space station un deep underwater off the coast of florida that you practice being in space so you could probably just spend all of your life there off the coast of florida and never actually get into space <laughs> yeah you need a plan b don't you yeah. if you're gonna be an astronaut yeah. i think don't you? so 
you can't be an astronaut unless you're physically quite fit. So you don't you don't send people up into space who could potentially die from it, obviously. <laughs> so you have to go through loads of important tests to make sure you're physically capable of being in space. Almost like going through the army. I can sense an astronaut training full metal jacket in the <laughs> <by> film. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, not many people get to walk in space and stuff mm. now. I mean, it, it seems like the best way to try and get yourself to get into space these days is to start a massive company. <laughs> I yeah, but SpaceX! Do you know more astronauts than most people, do you think? I, because you study... I don't like... know any astronauts. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> that was a little bit of a joke, because I I don't actually know anyone who's been into space. Not that I don't know of them. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Being a bit pretentious. <laughs> I did meet an astronaut once when I went, when I went to, uh, where, did I, where did we go? Uh, the Kennedy Space Center down in Florida. Right. And you, you meet an astronaut, you know. That's what you do. You go to Kennedy Space Center, you listen to a talk, and you meet an was astronaut. Was it a real astronaut, Indeed. or was it like when you go to Disneyland and it's not really Mickey Mouse? <laughs> is, it just like a, is it just a bloke in a space No, he's it, a real astronaut. It, it, tell, <laughs> it tells you, his, you know, the day he went up and what he did and who he was and what it was like and... But it's never anyone famous, obviously, because the famous people are like three and they're probably nearly yeah. dead, like Buzz Aldrin and all those. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin and Tim Peake, because he's British, they're, anyone, <laughs> they're the only ones I'd name. Did you see my um, animation thing? that no, I didn't do the animation, but I wrote the thing about the dog that went up into space. No. The Russians did send a dog into space, didn't they? Uh, do you know that? Someone The did. Russians did. <laughs> Before they sent okay, a human the so that they knew it. it was safe, they'd sent a dog into space. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I used to do a joke about it, but it didn't always work. Sometimes it did, but it didn't always work. Mm. About how it's not very fair to send a dog up into space because they don't know what's going on. So the poor dog is like in this thing, floating up into the air, mm. looking out the window. It doesn't really know what's happening, but they're just getting further and further away from the ball, mm. which is which is the earth, obviously. Okay. So it's like a sad thing for them. But I was pointed out, to me that that's a factually inaccurate joke as well because the dog would be orbiting the earth not getting further away and so forth is that where it falls down really but anyway someone (laughs) someone animated that for me and it's on my youtube we talked about private ham didn't we the monkey that went we didn't we didn't talk about private ham Private Ham is the monkey that went yeah. into space. I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's a monkey. Went into space. He was the first monkey. I don't know if he was the first animal. He won't have been NASA if the dog went into space. He won't have been the first. Unless he went in before the he dog. He won't have done. No. The dog's very famous. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think the dog the went in very first. Famous for but being they, first. They did send, they send, they sent Private Ham up and brought him back. Did the dog, they leave there? They left the dog in space. Yeah, they they brought Private Ham back. Private Ham to the right bold age of sixty or something. He was mm-hmm. quite old by the time he died. He was a famous astronaut. Yeah, Private but he Ham. had some great anecdotes as well. So. The other <laughs> yeah. monkeys were thought of like this guy's talking shit. It's been, it's been space. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, yeah, but it was before humans, but after dog, and they brought the monkey back. Right. I think so the first animal to return. They wanted then. to put him into space and bring him back so they could see how space affected his body. You know. So, well, thankfully, um, it was yeah. fine. It didn't like. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's fine after they go into space. Oh, okay. They're not. That's not a good place for the human body to yeah, be. Do you recover? <laughs> or is it just like you feel a bit crap for a couple uh, of days? Recover depends on how bad you had it, right. how long you spend up there, how much bone density you lose, how swollen your head gets, how your organs are affected. Mm. 
yeah, I mean, theoretically, you could come back and recover 100%, but there were problems as well if mm, some people okay. who don't recover 100%. So anyone so. thinking of being an astronaut been oh, given the... Oh, God, you could never get me in space. Oh, okay. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, that's why it's, it's not... Horrible. Okay, that's why it's not... Mm. Yeah, it's not because I'm not a... a you yeah. know, People are always crazy. asking you to go to space. Everyone wants me to go to space, <laughs> but I just keep saying, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Not good for the complexion. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to get going. Go, so. go, yeah, go, 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 go. It's fine. Go. Well, you got glass at half five or six? Or... Is it six? Yeah. Okay. But, right. uh... Okay, should I press stop yes. and then leave and stop. stuff? And... Thanks for listening. I hope that was all right for you. You know, ease us back in after a break, perhaps. Next week is. We're not here. Two weeks' time, because it comes out every two weeks. We're back and. I think there's some nature versus nurture stuff. I mean, maybe we don't know what the hell we're talking about. We're just chatting. Yeah, we're just chatting. Feel free to follow us on social media. If you only like one of us, just follow the one you like. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And feel free to tell your friends and family and any interested WhatsApp groups that you might have about us. Because it'd be nice to have new listeners. Not that we don't like you. Honestly, you're the best. But second place is up for grabs. And we'd like new candidates for that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I've done this very well. Um, Have a good day. Thank you. Bye.